So two days ago, we had an all-school mass with all 300 or so students, a lot of parents. I'm getting ready to give my homily, and a bat starts circling overhead. And I can see all the students looking around, their eyes following the bat. And so I hope that the bat's going to land so that the attention can be back on what I'm going to say. So I wait a minute or so, and it becomes clear that the bat is not going to land. So I do the only reasonable thing that I can do, is I give the homily knowing that <clears throat> the attention may not be focused on this homily, the attention of the congregation. But there is a certain frustration internally because that bat's taking the attention off of the words that I want to share. The bat's still circling after the petitions. So we say at Hail Mary that the bat stopped distracting us, that we're able to enter into the Mass. The prayer isn't answered immediately as the bat continues to go back and forth throughout the consecration. But as we get to the great Amen and the Our Father, the bat's gone. The prayer is answered. At that supreme moment of importance, Holy Communion, we're allowed to receive Jesus without being distracted. It's Friday morning, so at the end of Mass, we put out the Blessed Sacrament for exposition. And not long after that, the bat comes back. Of course, everything that happened Friday morning was innocent, and bats don't have free will. But I couldn't help but reflect on how much that bat seemed to act like the devil. Oftentimes when something really important is going on, the devil doesn't stop it from happening. He just distracts us, calls our attention away from that which is most important, and focuses us on what he's doing and the chaos that he's causing. Nothing is more important for our salvation than the Holy Mass. And that bat was taking our attention off of that which was most important and getting our attention fixated on him. As someone who was trying to do God's will, I was frustrated because I knew the bat's shenanigans were affecting the efficacy of what I was trying to do. But I continued to do what God was asking me to do, to say the Mass. And that's what we're called to do. When the bat's distracting, when he's pulling a lot of people's attention away from where it should be, we don't have to worry. We just continue to do what God has called us to do. But it's not like there's nothing we can do. We can pray. We can pray. And in the Mass, when we turned and prayed, we weren't given immediate deliverance 
But the deliverance came eventually. When we're being bothered, distracted by the evil one, we can pray and God can remove that distraction. But in this life, the distraction is never permanently gone. He's always going to be back. And when he comes back, we pray again. The devil wants us to hate those around us. He wants us to hate them so that he can make us miserable in this life and pave the way for us to be miserable for all eternity. He's constantly making us assume the worst about people's thoughts, words, or actions. He's constantly trying to get us to divide the world between those who are like us and those who are not, getting us in opposing camps. He's constantly trying to get us to get back at those who have harmed us. There are a lot of people who have harmed us in this life. <coughs> and we know that the harm they cause really has a spiritual effect on us. It really can pull us away from God. And yet, those same people can be our ladder to heaven. Because it's because of the hurt that they've done that we can forgive. And nothing draws us closer to God, makes us more free than when we do forgive, when we do let go. There are people out there who are pretty definitively turned away from God. And they're constantly making themselves and those around them miserable. And as we grow in our relationship with God, we begin to look at them even in a different light. We begin to see that God wants their conversion. God loves them, wants them. We begin to see those who have harmed us as not so much full of evil, but people like us who are hurt. And a lot of their words and actions flow out of the ways that they've been hurt. In today's gospel, we're told to love our enemies. One of the great ways the devil distracts us is to take those in our families, those in our workplaces, those in our social circles, all of those who in truth are our brothers and sisters, and to make it seem like our brothers and sisters are our enemies, to get us to hate them, to seek out vengeance against them. This is a very clever ploy on the part of the devil because he's the true enemy. 
He's the one we need to be opposing. And when we're fixated with countering our brothers and sisters, we lose sight of all the things he's doing to take us down. He works 24-7. And his goal is that we be separated from God forever. The devil is that voice that's constantly whispering in our ear, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Every time a thought pops up, that if we entertain it will pull us further away from God. He's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time we think to ourselves, I'm no good. I'm never going to overcome this problem. I made a mess again like I always do. No one cares about what I'm going through. I'm alone. There's no way I can make a difference. If I put the energy into following God, He's going to let me down. I can't possibly step out and count on Him. Count on Him to protect me if I step out for Him. He's that voice that's constantly encouraging us to take those thoughts to the next step and the next step and the next step until we're completely twisted in a knot. He's the one who is constantly telling us that if someone disagrees with us about X, they're the problem. They're the enemy. Whatever X is. That issue X puts an irreconcilable gap between me and the people who disagree with me. The devil's the voice that's always telling us to do what we know is wrong, to not do what we know we should do. He's constantly soothing us, saying it's not that big of a deal. It wouldn't make that big of a difference if you do what you know you're not supposed to do. It's not that big a deal. And then as soon as we give in to that seduction, he completely switches his tactics. He becomes the great accuser, saying, that what you did is horrible. Look at the mess it made. It's who you are. It's what you're always going to struggle with. The devil always lies, always accuses, always manipulates, 
always divides. When we hear the evil one tempting us, whispering his seductions, lies into our ears, an analogy might help us on how to counter him. Imagine for a moment that you're a third grader. Imagine that your brother is an eighth grader and your brother is a bully. He's regularly beating you up. There's no point in wrestling with your brother. You're going to lose. Similarly, the devil is smarter, quicker, stronger than we are. But in this analogy, Jesus then is like the high school senior who can bench press more than anybody else in the county. All you need to do to stop your eighth grade brother from picking on you is go to the older brother and say, he's picking on me. And you'll be taken care of. We never want to engage the devil in his lies. That was the great mistake of Adam and Eve. When the evil one came to them, they started conversing with him. And any time we do that, his lies start making sense over time. He twists our minds. As soon as we detect his voice, as soon as we realize it's him or one of his associates, we should turn to God, say, take care of him. He's bothering me right now. And then, a day or two later, when the evil one comes back, let's turn to our brother Jesus again and tell Jesus to take care of him. He always will. I remember Mrs. Wright's kindergarten class teaching me a, a very helpful prayer one time for when we're being tempted by Satan. Mary, as you know, is the great adversary of Satan. And the simple prayer is, Hail Mary, full of grace, kick the devil in the face. It's another way of just asking someone who's stronger than him to take care of him. In today's gospel, we get the very high command to love our enemies. The evil one is constantly distracting us, trying to convince us that our brothers and sisters in Christ are our enemies when he's our enemy. As we hear his lies, his accusations, his attempts to divide, Let's call upon Jesus. For Jesus 
is infinitely stronger than him, his lies, and his distractions. <laughs>